Hi, everybody. This is Kara Fitzgerald. New Frontiers in Functional Medicine is here every month, bringing you the best minds in functional medicine. And we would not be able to do this over the years without the generous contributions from our sponsors. Biotics Research. For four, over 40 years, the foundations of biotics research has been innovation and quality. Their goals remain unchanged. Innovative ideas, carefully researched concepts, and product development with advanced analytical and manufacturing techniques. Biotics nutritional products are of superior quality and effectiveness and available exclusively to healthcare professionals. Visit them at bioticsresearch.com. Integrative Therapeutics is focused on inspiring a better lifestyle through better health by providing meticulously formulated nutritional supplements and valuable resources. Integrative Therapeutics promises to enrich your patients and embolden your practice. Welcome to your Integrative Therapeutics. Find them at integrativepro.com. For the past two decades, TA Sciences has been dedicated to exclusively creating research-based, clinically tested wellness products that help address telomere shortening through the science of telomerase activation. As you know, anti-aging has been a huge focus of my research, and I am thrilled to have TA Sciences as a sponsor of New Frontiers. Learn about their products, their research, their outlook on anti-aging at tasciences.com. Com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine. And of course, of course, of course, today is no exception. I am so excited to be with a graduate of our nutrition program. She's going to be talking about that and who's just really gone on to do some brilliant things. Uh, let me, and actually doing some brilliant things with us, we're going to talk about here today as well. Jill Shepard Davenport is a certified nutrition specialist, a wellness expert with 20 years of experience directing and implementing health and nutrition initiatives and creating evidence-based educational programs and policies. She specializes in nutrition for mental health and nutritional approaches for preventing chronic disease. She consults on food equity and nutrition policy and programming with her consultancy, Just Health LLC. Jill holds a Master's of Science in Nutrition from the Maryland University of Integrative Health, a Master's in Public Policy from the Harvard Kennedy School. She is a state licensed clinical nutritionist certified by the American Nutrition Association and is a national board certified health and wellness coach. Jill Shepard Davenport, welcome to oh. New Frontiers. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here and I'm really happy to share about what we've created. Hey, everybody. Welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine. I am always pleased to give a shout out to my wonderful sponsors who keep us going, keep us bringing the best minds in functional medicine to you um, month in and month out. I want to give a special shout out to Biotics Research. I've just enjoyed a couple of servings of one of their protein powders, which is delicious, by the way. Uh, we use a lot of it in our office. And I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Rupa Health. They make lab testing easy, fabulous, doable for both you, the clinician, and you, the person being prescribed the lab, the patient. Um, 
consider using Rupa as just a super, super smart solution to all your functional laboratory needs. Thanks again to my wonderful platinum sponsors, Biotics Research and Rupa Health. We have a book we're about to launch, folks, Better Broths and Healing Tonics, 75 Bone Broth and Vegetarian Broth-Based Recipes for Everyone. Uh, I am an author, and you will learn that these this is a younger you uh, steeped book, uh, and Jill did the heavy lifting on this book. And she's, we're just going to talk about our whole journey around creating this younger you companion volume. So Jill, just take us back in time. You were part of the clinic. You did, I think you had completed your training. You were a full nutritionist on our team. And, you know, just tell us the story, how we dove into becoming immersed in better broads and healing tonics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so it, it was quite the learning experience, I must say, to be a nutrition resident in your program. And we were constantly using the using and investigating and researching and then applying the healing power of food with people. And, you know, at the same time, we needed to make things doable and easy and kind of form routines with folks so that the, the, the healing power of food didn't be, become this layer of stress. And yeah. so one of the approaches that, that we used, and I know that you prescribe routinely, are our healing, our healing broths. And, um, you know, the bone broth has just exploded, right? I mean, in its popularity, and it makes it makes me so happy as a nutritionist to see bone broth becoming like in pop-up stores and right. kind of like a, this delicious fad because it's, it's this healthy, nutritious food, right? So, well, and it's got this incredibly long history across, really across the globe, but certainly as a naturopathic physician, it's, it was a foundational treatment in, you know, quote, nature cure or the very earliest iterations of naturopathic medicine and the earliest, you know, prescribers, but yeah, go on. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, cause absolutely bone broth is not this new phenomenon. It's just kind of being newly discovered or newly appreciated by folks. And so, um, you know, I, it was really neat. We were at this conference together at, um, at MUIH, the Maryland University of Integrative Health, my alma mater, where I studied nutrition science and got my nutrition master's. And um, a colleague of, of ours, and you may want to say more, kind of, you know, posed this question. Deanna, um, that was Deanna Minnick. It was Deanna Minnick, and, and she and I were in a Q&A. I think there were actually a few of us yeah. on the stage. So we had all presented, and then we gathered on the stage for a round of QAs. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah. And Deanna Minnick, you know, brought up this point around, um, you know, since bones have the capacity to store lead, uh, you know, and lead can displace the calcium in bones and, and, and harbor and store lead, as we are simmering bones for 20 some odd hours to create this gelatinous, collagen rich, gelatin like bone broth, you know, are we potentially exposing our clients sort of inadvertently to, um, to lead? So, of course, um, you know, you, you pressed and, and had this great idea, I think, to really take that question further. And as you yeah. point out, yeah. Well, just, I'm just thinking, 
I think that she really kind of stopped me in my tracks, right? I didn't, mm. was, so we were, this is some, this is an intervention we were using all the time. It's got a long use history. And indeed, bone is where we store lead. So if there's a lead burden, it's going to eventually get sequestered in the bone. So it really was, I think, a great cause for a pause. And we have nutrition rounds uh, as a part of our clinic. So every week, the physicians and the nutritionists gather and discuss the, um, you know, we discuss our patient cases and, you know, refine our prescriptions, et cetera, et cetera. So we do all those standard rounds kind of work together. And then we also discuss timely topics. And Jill, I think you and I dove into this. We were inspired by that conference, but also really kind of freaked out. So that, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so we, we would think about, we would think about the lab work that might come back from, you know, from menopausal women and thinking about if their, if their lead levels were elevated, you know, is, you know, what's going on with, um, with our bone preservation. And especially if there was a link for them to osteoporosis or osteopenia. Right. So increased bone turnover. So it's almost like a, what they call a second lead half-life. When, when, when bone is breaking down, it can liberate lead and you can actually see high blood lead levels when, there, when there's a lead burden in the bone and, and there's a bone loss process happening. You can pick that up in blood. So it may not be a current exposure. You know, they may not be exposed to lead paint or, you know, lead dust or, you know, lead in their food or any of the or supplements, et cetera. It could literally be a second half-life being liberated from bone. Yeah. And so what what does this mean, you know, if if we're encouraging bone broth? And that that was kind of our, our question. And um, and then I think, you know, you sort of posed, well, why why don't we just answer it? Why, why don't we come up with a way to study this, send samples into the lab, into a lab and look at, you know, we wound up looking at not only lead, um, but we measured 36 other toxic and essential minerals and metals. Yeah. Um, well, to create. Before you do this, before you talk about what you did, I want to yeah. say, I'm sorry. So that we have, I did, we have a really exciting round. So we have a very exciting, curious, hardworking, uh, motivated team here. And so we were concerned, how could we prescribe mm. bone broth in good faith if we really don't know the answer? And we were using them routinely. Um, and so I said that we would fund it, that the clinic would fund this investigation if somebody was willing to take it up. And this is no small undertaking, right, Jill? I mean, conducting research like this is not, you know, it's, it's not a, a few hours on the weekend. It's a long journey. And it's actually a journey that grew ultimately into this book. And you'll tell us about that. But I was, of course, just absolutely thrilled and grateful for your excitement behind the project and your willingness with the support of the nutrition team in general to take this up. And so you did. And tell us what you did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I must say that after we, I clearly remember that after we finished that grand rounds, I opened my freezer and I saw it just filled with bones. And I thought, huh, like, do I need to just put them aside for, for a while? And, you know, honestly, I did. I don't know if I mentioned that, but after we started discussing wow. this, I kind of felt a little bit wary. And so wow. I put my bones, uh, you know, aside um, because I wanted to really know, uh, I really, I needed to know the results. 
Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And I, I bet that if we looked at nutrition prescriptions during that early time, there was a drop in using broths in our team. <laughs> Okay, we'll keep going. That, that'd be funny. And, and so, yeah, I, it really, it wasn't a small undertaking. You know, we needed to think about, uh, I mean, even when the data came back, after we think, after we thought about what the appropriate samples were, it's not like a lab report's going to spit out ra normal ranges for what we should find in bone broth, right? So the, the big work was also contextualizing the data and figuring yes. out, um, you know, what was okay and, and how to interpret okay. it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So first talk about what you looked at, what you researched, what, what you finally decided to do, and then talk about the findings. Okay, sure. So what we did was we, we sent in samples of three types of broth, all beef for consistency. And then we also sent in a sample to the lab of hydrolyzed beef collagen powder, um, because so many folks are using it kind of as a shortcut um, to, to eating broth or, or a sort of a a simple addition to their their smoothies and things like that. Um, so let, let's talk about the three samples. The first was store-bought beef broth, um, organic and grass-fed from the brand Kettle and Fire, which um, just as an aside, I, I think that for our book, Better Broads, it, it really does make a great alternative to homemade bone broth. I can't say that about all of it. You know, a lot of them don't have great flavor, but, um, but if you want to save a step and use a store-bought bone broth, I, I really do like um, Kettle and Fire, which is why, selfishly, I wanted to uh, include it in our sample. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Um, so then the second was a homemade, right? So a beef broth made with bones from grass-fed, organically raised cows, um, sourced near, uh, from a place nearby me where I, I was buying bones uh, from a farm in Maryland. Um, you know, and let me just say, thank goodness for these local farms, or yeah. maybe I should call them ranches, I don't know, because it's this huge labor of love. And so, you know, I really wanted to know... Um, what you know what was being produced there and do they know have you ever told yes, them that we did yes, that we, should, we need am. to send them we need to send them some books and we do we love do, on them do. A little bit. we do and um they're actually excited about you know putting it out in their newsletter i, I think they're just they're really happy about um that we chose them and who uh, are they what what is the name of their this, this is this is nick's organic farm in maryland and oh. um yeah, Nick Maravelli is just, he's a one, you know, he's a wonderful guy and he really takes pride in um, you know, in doing the best, you know, by by his by his cows and and by the people that he supports. And and he's so great because you can get organ meat and I mean you can get um you can get so many you can get so much from him. People are going to want to know whether he ships. Does he ship? No, 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 no. It's just no, it's it's problem. actually it's really quite small. Yeah. So folks, don't 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 uh, don't crowd him <laughs> um, with requests. But he's yeah, he's small and just he does uh, just a huge huge labor of love. And you know, just as another aside, what I really appreciate about um, folks like him is that they often sell bones in bulk so that they are much more affordable to buy. You know, the price could be $2 a pound as opposed to at the farmer's market where, you know, in, in DC, it can be $7 a pound. Um, oh, so I just really, a huge shout out. I really appreciate um, the contribution of local producers and, and all their work. Um, okay, so that was the second sample, the homemade beef, beef bone broth um, made with bones from grass-fed, organically raised cows. 
And then we grabbed some, uh, some bones from conventionally raised cows, just literally took them off the supermarket shelf um, at a nearby grocery store in DC. Uh, and then the fourth, as I mentioned, was we, we did a, a sample with hydrolyzed beef collagen powder. And for that, we used the brand Great Lakes Wellness Collagen Powder. And the, and the grocery store was just a regular store. It wasn't like a Whole Foods selling, you know. Yeah, just a totally regular grocery store. Yeah. And that was the point to just grab what someone might grab. These um, are patients who are prescribing to yeah, yeah. And someone who might not have access or means to yeah. make their way over to get an organic source. So yes. we really wanted to cover our bases there too. Important, really important. Yeah. All right. So what did you find? Yeah, so this was exciting, right? And again, there was this moment before opening the results where it was just sort of a thud I, in my stomach. I, I just, I didn't know because I've been, we've been prescribing, I've been drinking bone broth, you know, so what? Are we riddled with lead now or cadmium? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was scary. It was, exactly, exactly. So, um, so I'll cut to the chase so no one else has to experience that thud. We were really, really happy, um, really pleased with, with what we found. So, um, so of the 19 toxic metals we tested, including lead, all were like either non-existent or just really far below our concern threshold based on scientific standards. And, and, you know, also compared to the content of lead in the rest of the food supply. Um, And I don't say that lightly. It was a real investigation to look at, all right, what are the, yeah, what are the limits set by the FDA? And we looked at the EPA and we looked at USDA and we looked at the American Academy of Pediatrics. And we looked at food market, you know, basket data um, to do these comparisons and to figure out that, um, you know, when when it came to lead and other toxic metals, bone broth was, is an excellent, very clean food source. And we did have a couple of scientists hop onto our rounds and really talk through our data with us so that we, we knew we were looking at it from all angles. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that was so, so very valuable because, I mean, we wanted to be rigorous with this. Um, you know, it, it, we knew this was a pilot study. We knew that, you know, we're only looking at a certain number of samples, but we wanted to really do the hard work to analyze and make sure that whatever message we put out there, um, were, you know, was just kind of thoroughly, thoroughly assessed. And as usual, yeah. Let me just say, girl, you thoroughly assessed it. This. I mean, you <laughs> thoroughly assessed it. And you can talk about the first document that you created. And if you want to give a shout out to any of the other team members who helped you, please do. But I want to say, as usual, the Institute for Functional Medicine embraced the work that we were doing as they, as they really have been um, for years now. And you got to present there. And, you know, I think I think that this work has not only eased our minds and the minds of our patients here in our clinic, but, you know, more broadly, other providers who, you know, follow what we're doing, uh, access to this document and regular, you know, and regular people who pay attention to what we're, we're doing, you know, we're able to access this document that, that you wrote up. So, um, and you did a beautiful job and it was a, just a really well attended presentation at, at IFM. I was so proud of you and, you know, just so thrilled that we had taken this 
this on and, and that we were able to give people good news. Um, even the very standard, you know, industrial raised bones were, were clean. I mean, we, one could use them. Um, so tell more about your whole journey and then creating the document. But I also, you know, I also want to, you, you said to me, we didn't publish on this, but you said to me, um, really kind of off the record, the difference in smell of the bones that you were creating. And so I want, <laughs> I, I, I want you to say it here and then continue with your story. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, and I know that this, we were, this really stood out to you. I, yeah. So, I mean, what's nice is that, so we, we just as a step back, we looked at, you know, we looked at toxic metals uh, and minerals and essentials, right? So we knew that this wasn't a study looking at pesticides or other chemicals that might make their way into conventionally sourced bones. And so uh, we didn't have that data. That wasn't the point. We were really looking at it from another lens. But, you know, I did mention to you and, and our group on Grand Rounds that when, I mean, these these uh, bones, we were still cooking them in my house for 20 plus something hours, which is a really nice way to make a very gelatinous um, broth that is just infused with so many of the positive properties of broth, which we, we can get into if, if that's helpful. And, um, and so for 20 hours, I would experience the cooking of each of these broths. And, you know, the, um, the one that was from the organic conventionally raised, it just had a very nice, and you know, and folks will know this out there, it just had a very nice, um, you know, even at moments kind of almost sweet sort of aroma. Um, and you would really describe it as having a nice aroma. Um, and unfortunately with the conventional bones, it, 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 it did not have an aroma, let's just call it a smell. I mean, the house smelled, it just, it was really, and, and I had never, you know, since I have been fortunate enough to have this great local source of affordable um, grass-fed, organically raised bones, this was literally the first time where I had cooked, where I had lovingly cooked, you know, overnight um, bone broth made from conventional bones. And it just, it had this odor that, you know, it, it would, it, it, I mean, I hate to use this word, um, but it was just, it was a bit putrid. It just, it did not smell good. So I was happy and uh, so were my family when those particular 20 hours were over. Yeah, I know that really, really, really struck me. Yeah, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, so again, clean as far as the metal content, but as you point out, the organotoxins weren't assessed, the metallotoxins were, uh, plus the, the, the minerals, the metallo minerals, the essential minerals um, were assessed. So yeah, we, we just don't, you know, we don't know what influenced that odor. Could it have been pesticides? I mean, could it, maybe it was just the different food, you know, used. I mean, I don't know. Tell yeah. me really quick. I know I'm, I'm, we're, we're digressing here a little bit, but as you say things, it just brings up more questions. I know that people are going to want to know just briefly how you do your bone broths, how you cook, how you make them. Hi, everybody. I am thrilled to be introducing you to Pendulum Therapeutics, the first and only brand to offer Acromancia mucinophilia, a keystone strain for gut health in a daily probiotic. Acromancia is a unique probiotic strain found in your GI tract that helps with gut lining, and it's vital for gut health. 
Gut microbiomes change due to genetics, disease, epigenetics, lifestyle, diet, and we might lose our acromancia. It's not available in any foods. Pendulum manufactures and packages this patented strain into a simple probiotic capsule taken once a day with a meal. And for New Frontiers listeners, use code KF20 to subscribe and save 20% on your first month of Pendulum Acromancia. Get it at PendulumLife.com. That's PendulumLife.com. Oh yeah. Well, well, it's obviously I mean, in the book. So yeah, I mean, there, there's the a, there's some great, you know, there's some great recipes in the book. Um, but you know, I do kind of have a technique, um, you know, I, I really like the most nutrient dense collagen filled gelatinous kind of broth. So what, what I'll do is, I mean, I'm usually using a multi cooker. Um, I, I personally really, really ha- have loved my instant pot. And I know I'm not the only one out there. So I will very densely pack my bones in first into the base of, you know, of your multi-cooker. And um, and then, and it really only takes a minute, but it makes such a difference in the broth. Then I'll kind of tuck in my, my different uh, vegetables that I'm going to add and then top it off with, with whatever herbs and spices that I want. And then, you know, and then fill it with water. And I mean, what's the difference between how someone else might do it? Well, you can fit, if you kind of jigsaw puzzle them in, you can fit a lot more bones. And then if you do that, if you start with the bones, as opposed to just sort of try to pushing them down on top of your celery or your onions or whatever, um, you, you just get a lot, you just get a lot more um, bone in, in your broth. So that's why I like to set the stage and then tuck in the, the vegetables in, in all the little spaces around them. And then how do you, what do you, what do you use on your Instant Pot, your settings? Well, you know, I personally typically use that slow cooker setting. Um, and what I like to do is, I mean, and a big premise out of better broths and healing tonics, you know, a big, big part is how do we make eating this way, you know, eating um, for epigenome and eating for, you know, all these other health benefits that we can get through food, how do we make it doable? And so what I like to do is while I'm cooking dinner kind of thing, I'll just get my broth set up, fill it up with water and then press slow cook. And then sometime the next day, um, you know, it'll go off and, uh, and, it, and it's ready. And so it's kind of like a 10 minutes of hand on time ordeal. That, that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And, and I rest assured all of this, um, all of these pearls from Jill and from our whole team uh, just made it, made it into the book. And I also want to say that every broth can be dense with epinutrients. They can be, it just, you, these are absolutely Younger You approved. So if you're in love with the Younger You recipes and you want an easy way to get your targets, uh, this is it. And, I, and, and to that point, Jill, we're a real life clinic and I want to underline something that you said earlier, and that is it's got to be a, you know, potently effective, you know, nutritionally dense food that we're prescribing for people, but it has to, has to, has to hundred percent be easy. And, you know, who among us can't pack their instant pot with bones and hip play and go. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So where are we in our conversation? We've digressed and top of digressions. I think well, I, I think yeah. the point that you just made about how, you know, I mean, this this Better Broads book really is created to purposefully incorporate those younger you programs epinutrients. I mean, so I think that'd be fun to talk about how the methyl donors and the DNA methylation adaptogens are kind of streaming through this whole, whole well, book. Well, we had, yeah, so um, we have, we do, you know, yeah, we do some, we do some pretty amazing stuff here at this clinic. So before we had actually dove into researching whether there was a toxic burden in bones, we had created and launched with our, me along with Romilly Hodges, who was our nutrition director when, when, when we were working on this Better Broths project as well, Romilly Hodges. Um, it, it was about, it was actually about 20, 13 and 14 that she and I first started to talk about epigenetics and how we needed to think about that through a functional lens. It, it, it was very impactful for me as I was reading the research. And, um, you know, most of the studies are still on cancer and especially at that time they were coming out on, you know, epigenetics. Um, this is gene regulation. So what genes are on and what genes are off and study after study after study showing that the tumor microenvironment very efficiently hijacks gene expression from us and turns off protective genes and turns on oncogenes or cancer promoting genes. It's, it's pretty horrible. And um, this is the case in, this is the case in all of the chronic diseases. And in fact, aging itself has this sort of, uh, unfortunate pattern of dysregulation of gene expression. And the epigenome is basically is regulated by us, like our life choices influence the pattern of gene expression that we then present with. So we sit in the driver's seat of whether or not we're engaging in the healthiest gene expression or a gene, you know, a gene expression pattern that will drive disease. And so that was the better, the better broads and healing tonics book was sort of born out of not, not born out of, but it came on the shoulders of us doing this work. And so Romilly and I created the, what was called at that time, the methylation diet and lifestyle program. So we came up with this epinutrient program and you got, and everybody can read the details in younger you, um, but also lifestyle. So we knew that sleep influences epigenetic expression. If you're not sleeping, then you're driving disease via changes to gene expression or exercise, of course, is essential. Um, stress reduction. So there was a meditation component in this program. So we built all of this out behind the scenes. Of course, we used it in our clinic and you, know, you were versed in it as a nutrition resident here and then later a full nutritionist here in our clinic. We were all using it. And so our, our, our brains were just swimming in the knowledge of the methylation diet and lifestyle, and we were using it in clinical practice. Um, it turns out that a lot of the nutrients, and you can speak to these, these epinutrients, these nutrients that favorably regulate gene expression, um, are nutrients that we've been using in functional medicine uh, for time immemorial. They're, they're nutrients that have very long use histories in traditional medicines, things like green tea or curcumin or um, luteolin or resveratrol or you know, fruits and veggies like blueberries or, you know, cruciferous, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of these nutrients, we know them to be valuable for a lot of reasons. And here it turns out that 
a big role of why they're so beneficial is that they regulate gene expression. And so our clinic was in this mode of really thinking about epigenetics at the time that you took on this, um, this study. And I should say, at the time that we were doing the methylation diet and lifestyle and clinical practice, there were, was no evidence that biological age could be reversed or slowed in humans. Those studies weren't out yet. The first study didn't come out until 2019. We were already researching ours and what would happen to epigenetic expression in 2018. We knew those biological age clocks were available. These clocks look at patterns of gene expression. So we, we were, we, they were of course um, included in our study or at least the, the flagship Horvath clock was included in our study. Um, but, but there was no human evidence that these could be changed. And so we were, when we published our findings and saw that we were able to slow or even reverse biological age in our study participants using this program as compared to the control groups, it was, it, it was big news. It was, it was huge. And it was just in eight weeks time. It was very, very exciting. Um, so that was the backstory, and Romilly and I were, were were doing that. And again, IFM supported us, and I, you know, I presented at actually Romilly and I presented together at the Institute for Functional Medicine. We presented in Ireland uh, at the late great Maeve Craven's IFM uh, annual program in, in in South Africa and Australia. Functional medicine clinicians were really interested in the methylation diet and lifestyle, and then. Um, and then we were given an unrestricted grant to hire a clinical research center and we hired HealthGov Research Institute in Portland. Um, that unrestricted grant came from Metagenics. Uh, I'm forever grateful to them and to, to Brent Eck and the, and the scientific team there um, in allowing us to research that. So that was happening when you were doing this, I think all of that was sort of percolating in the background, but certainly you were, you would, you were influenced by that and, and, and our dietary prescriptions, um, you know, to patients and clients uh, were definitely influenced by, you know, let's pack, pack our, our, our foods, uh, you know, with these epinutrients. So yeah, we, this book is, is a, a beautiful companion volume, an extension of that body of knowledge of how to influence DNA methylation using food. And how inspiring the results of your study, as you mentioned, uh, it, you know, and it was, it was three years in just eight weeks that, you know, yeah. this is, this is a big deal. And then when we think about if this becomes a lifestyle change, you know, what is that going to add up to? And, and as you, as you always point out, you know, it's not just about lifespan, but it's about, it's about aging well. Um, and so, you know, using, um, all the epinutrients that you, that you put out through your younger you program, um, to promote longevity and that, that healthy, as you say, that healthy epigenetic expression so yes. that we can avoid aging into disease. Yeah, that's right. And you know, the, just one other thing, cause it's, just forgive me, anybody. Um, so we were given three book deals from major publishing houses at the same time. And Romilly is our nutrition director emeritus at this point because she was given a, um, a book deal at the same time. She created a book called Immune Resilience and I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Did um. <laughs> And we were given the, the 
given a contract for younger you and and better broads and healing tonics so it was it was a it was an extraordinary time in our clinic uh when we were recognized uh for the work that we were doing here in the form of three you know major publishing house contracts amazingly so all right, so where are we? We're, 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 where yeah. are we in our story? Yeah, well, and just on that point, I mean, I think that this work really does take a village. I was just thinking about how it was doctors data who were willing to work with us on the bone broth study, yes. and, you know, and use their lab expertise to yes. allow us to have, um, you know, the robust data that we then analyze. So and David Quigg, is, their scientific, their, their, their chief science scientific officer came, joined us many a time in rounds and outside of rounds to help us really rock what we were looking at. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, so much support in sort of birthing uh, or bringing into the world, you know, all of this really, really powerful um, information. And, you know, and I just love how you talk about, you know, that we have our DNA and that's not changeable, but the proteins created from instructions provided by our genes, that's modifiable. And, yeah. you know, how it all change impacts our risk for developing certain diseases. And it's, you know, there's so much of it that's under our control. And so yeah. this book, this cookbook that we uh, created, Better Broths and Healing Tonics, you know, has that understanding kind of at the center. You know, we, we're purposefully incorporating as many of the Younger You program's methyl donors and DNA methylation adaptogens as possible to, to really promote that longevity and that, that healthy epigenetic expression. And so just to kind of give folks a look, if this is helpful into the nuts and bolts of, you know, what you can expect, what, what we do is atop each recipe, we, we list these donors and we list these adaptogens, you know, and, and it's a quick guide for those following the Younger You program. Um, and, you know, we kind of hope that it helps kind of dazzle people <laughs> into cooking the recipes because they can see, you know, all that, that, that it has, you know, all that they have. Um, and then we share other health benefits, the lots of ways that, that these foods work together to, to act as medicine. Um, and then right there in the opening, we, we take some time, you know, we, we cover the science of, I think it's 18 different foods um, in the better healing ingredients section where we, we talk about some of the, some of the mechanisms and, and some of the, the research that ties in. And, you know, there's this heavy em uh, emphasis on the use of, of epinutrients, as we said, and, you know, as polyphenols. Um, and I think it kind of might be fun to talk a little bit about, you know, what, what we're doing and, and how we're using um, some of the, I think, really powerful, useful, functionally useful polyphenols. I thought you did, all of us, but, the, but, but you spearheaded it and the team worked with you. and. Um, you know, I was in the mix, um, editing and adding and so forth. But the this there there's plenty to geek out uh, in here for the scientist. Um, indeed, there's that beautiful intro section on the various nutrients and what they do, and it's very well cited. It's very well referenced. You don't need to use that. You don't need to go through that section to make a frankly, ass kicking broth. And this could be a, <laughs> this could be a vegan broth. If you mm -hmm. don't mm -hmm. use animal products, we should emphasize that, that this is as vegan friendly as it is, you know, those who eat um, animal products. Um, 
and you don't need to geek out there if you don't want to, but for those of you who want a little bit more of the science behind the nutrients, um, you've got it. And then, yeah, take us through this um, better broths and healing tonics structure and why it is, I mean, I think we've already talked about why it's kind of a next generation broth book, you know, just looking at it through the epinutrient lens, but just how you, you know, how it's structured. It's just, it's such a smart, uh, it's such a smart book for really building a food as medicine um, broth. I, I, uh, you know, <laughs> one thing that is really coming to mind as I hear you speak is that I think sometimes we might think, you know, I mean, is there really a there there to this whole food as medicine business? Um, you know, if you're getting a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and just going back to the, the phytonutrient polyphenol group, you know, it, it quickly adds up what we're eating tiny doses of these nutrients consumed regularly yes, uh, and in combination is important uh, because the, the variety and the frequency yes. are what the scientific community is discovering it takes for them to have these neuroprotective and, and um, cardiovascular and genetically positive effects. And as you mentioned, all the research on cancer. So, um, so maybe just to walk us through an example, let's say you're looking for let's say you're looking for digestion and gut health support, you know, to maybe soothe gas, bloating, stomach cramps, or um, you're looking to get your digestive juices flowing, maybe stimulate some appetite. You can turn to, it's really simple, but powerful. You can turn to our herbal trio infusion and it's got rosemary and basil and sweet majorum um, for the benefits that the, um, you know, that the components in these herbs are providing. Uh, you know, another, I think, neat example, uh, and as you mentioned, this, this was a project built with so much support from the nutrition residents uh, on the team. And one of the nutrition residents uh, is a, was also a physical therapist. And so we were batting around this idea and some of the research on how in the literature, EGCG from Green Tea, um, when combined with glycine was really supporting uh, arthritis outcomes. And so, you know, if you're looking to um, support your tendons and your joints and support arthritis um, and connective tissue, you know, we, we developed this kind of neat way where you're using broth, which is of course quite heavy in glycine uh, and the benefit of the EGCG and green tea to create, um, you know, to create this kind of powerful, um, very nice infusion. Um, and of course, um, you know, it's knowing that these foods have pleiotropic effects. So they're working on several pathways, as you always emphasize at once to accomplish all these benefits for our health. So, you know, green tea is also, it's anti-cancer, it's anti-inflammatory. And as I know you love that long steep for its powerful role as a DNA methylation adaptogen. So there's a lot going on in that simple cup that just takes a, a couple moments to make really. Yeah. Um, all right. So just, you know, just keep going through the structure of the book. Let's just spend a, a couple minutes on, on um, 
how one yeah on how it's set up think about it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and you know do you mind there's kind of just a there was a study while we were just on green green tea for a minute there there was a study that really kind of spoke to me as we were as we were kind of considering this um so i'd like to just say another word or two about green tea we can and then um and then dive in to the structure um so, you know, a, bi- a big passion of mine, as you mentioned, is, is nutrition for mental health. And one study that I found so interesting uh, was among elderly adults in Japan. And they, they drank four cups of green tea per day. And, you know, while it is a lot of tea for sure, um, the finding was that those who did experienced half of the depression symptoms compared to those who drank less than, than a cup a day. And I mean, depression cut in half, that, that's huge. And it's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. And of course, it's not the be all and end all for depression for everyone, you know, of course. But uh, but this was after controlling for other health and diet and lifestyle factors. And and, um, you know, and the thought, you know, the mechanism there is that it's neuroprotective. You know, it's protecting lipids in the brain from seriously damaging neuroinflammation. So uh, I like to bring these points in and we do weave them through the book to really help people understand them. But when it comes to food as medicine, there's there's a really strong research base and we know a lot about the mechanisms and about how they work. And to your point, so your earlier point, just to underline it, you know, the, the, a frequent exposure of multiple synergistic low-dose nutrients uh, is how we evolved. And they can have, these nutrients will influence many, many, as you know, pleiotropic, many, many nodes in our, in physiology uh, in a much different way than a single isolated drug can. Uh, And, you know, just really arguably more powerful with a lasting impact and an impact we're just beginning to unfold. You know, we need really sophisticated technology to be able to study the profound far-reaching pleiotropic effect of, you know, multiple nutrients that comprise a, you know, a well-designed broth or, you know, a well-designed salad or a well-designed soup. Um, So truly food as medicine is very, very powerful and far-reaching medicine. So I just wanted to kind of underscore that, but. No, thank um, you. That's such, such an important point. And, you know, I do get, we do get this question. Can I just take supplements? And and we are using supplements in careful, very specific ways to achieve a certain purpose, of course, in practice. But, you know, I think the message, and, and I appreciate the underscore here, is that we we can't supplement our way around a deficient or unvaried or inflammatory diet. There's just there's just too much in food to make that possible. Um, yeah. And honestly, you know, there's too much uh, that we don't know, like you said, about what's in food to be able to isolate all the benefits. That's in, right. In in the supplements, and there are other factors beyond. You know, beyond that, I think, you know, it, 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 we have taste receptors that play a role in, say, stimulating digestion. So we need to taste this food. We need to chew it. And there's this combination, um, you know, and balance uh, that nutrients go through when they interact with our gut microbiome um, That's right. or phase one and phase two of biotransformation in their liver and in our liver and uh, cell signaling and interactions between and among cells that are going to change, 
you know, activity at receptor levels and signal just this c communication between cells. So there, there's, uh, I was just um, at the playground just the other day uh, talking with parents about the uh, choices for their kids of food at school. And I only had a moment, you know, and this was probably the wrong soundbite, but I was trying to explain that, you know, food is communication, that uh, the food communicates um, to our cells to produce a certain result. And um, that, that kind of, that, that kind of sent people people off to go play on the slide. Um, but you know, but it's it's really it amazing. Is. It's yeah. it's it's really amazing. And so I guess what I'm saying is that um, well, we do certainly recommend well-chosen supplements for specific uh, health reasons, uh, just like food is more than the sum of, of macro and micronutrients, of course. Um, it's also more than even a short list of or a long list of its various. Uh, constituents. Exciting news. The Younger You companion book, Better Broths and Healing Tonics, will be out this November. I'm Jill Shepard Davenport, a board-certified nutrition specialist, and along with Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, crafted a resource of broths, tonics, infusions, even mains, sides, and desserts, packed with the epinutrients you've come to know and love. If you pre-order, there are loads of exclusive access goodies we'll be sending your way. And this is a fit for you, regardless of your dietary approach, your age, health history, or dietary preferences. We've got you covered. Order today at your local bookstore or on Amazon. So two things that I want you to talk about as we, um, you know, really kind of head down the home, the home stretch here. The book is way more than better broths and healing tonics. So there are broths. It's the, you know, it's the, the anchor. And then we've got these beautiful infusions and tonics. We've got blends. There are soups. And then there are these, there are mains. We've got a whole bunch of main recipes that people can use. There are sides. There's sweets and treats. There is, you talk, you, we have sweet broths and savory broths, vegan, uh, as well as, as uh, meat-based broths. So this, whole, this, this book is, taking the broth concept and then expanding it so that we're exposed to those important nutrients in all of our meals. So I want you to talk about that. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then one thing that we did with younger you, and this is, and this is because we're in a clinic practice. So everything that we're doing always is born out of clinic practice. Uh, the younger you program, you can take those the, the epinutrient concepts and layer that into any dietary pattern. So if you you know, we have plenty of patients here who have food allergies and food intolerances or they're histamine intolerant or they're doing a keto or, uh, you know, they're grain free or, or they're on a specific carbohydrate diet because they have inflammatory bowel disease, et cetera, et cetera. So there's many different dietary patterns that we might be prescribing in our clinic and we always layer the younger you principles. Now, likewise, this book is designed to use these concepts in whatever dietary pattern is, uh, you know, somebody's consuming. So speak to that. So speak to the structure of the book, some of the cool recipes and how, how we're taking broth out of soup and out of the mug and bringing it elsewhere. And then how it's, uh, this book is designed to be able to use with any dietary pattern. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So what we have in the book is uh, a better broths 
system. So all recipes or almost all of our recipes start with broth and you can use bone broth made of beef or chicken or vegetables. And we even have a, a really great mushroom broth. And so what happens is you use this as a base and then it, it goes into places where broth may have not gone before. Broth may have not gone before. And, um, and we created, as you mentioned, sweet variations too, so that we can have broth and a delicious warm smoothie, uh, yeah. which by the way is so much easier on digestion sometimes. Or a chocolate mousse or in our desserts. And you know, you mentioned our sweet broth and it's, it's not sugary sweet. I just wanna set expectations. It's this delicious broth that can be used in sweet foods and, and sweets and treats. And uh, you know, so it's got cinnamon and cloves and nutmeg and what else? It's got orange peel and carrots and apple and it works great in, in these sweets. And, and then thinking about what's in it, you know, with every bite you're getting, you're getting, um, depending upon how you make it, choline and B12 and, and folate as methyl donors, and you're getting the catechins and histine and quercetin with the apple in there and um, camphorol from cinnamon and cloves and then, you know, more catechins and the nutmeg. And honestly, that that's kind of the short list. Uh, and then plus with those spices that will make it into your sweet and treat or your, your warm uh, smoothie blend, you have antimicrobial and antifungal properties and with the cinnamon supporting blood sugar balance. So it was, everything was crafted very purposefully so that when we use these broths in a sweet dish, it kind of provides the nutrients and, and also a base of, of, of protection for, for our health. And um, maybe the best part is that when you cook that particular broth, any of our sweet broths, um, your whole house will smell like apple pie. <laughs> it's just, it's just so good. Um, and then, you know, I mentioned the, the mushroom broth and I, I don't want to give it short shrift. I, I think it's a really great and useful broth. Uh, you know, one of our recipe testers uh, mentioned that, you know, that they, she doesn't really love the texture of mushrooms. And we know because mushrooms have so many wonderful aspects to them for our health that we needed to just have a mushroom broth for those people who Want, want to infuse it, you know, on a regular basis, but also for those people for whom, or those kiddos, you know, for whom there, you know, there might not be a love with, with the texture. So I really appreciated that, that feedback. Um, and what's great is that many of the vitamins in mushrooms, they're water soluble. So they're going into the broth. So we can think about zinc and selenium, B vitamins. Folate, um, choline. Yeah. 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 Mushrooms and are like the vegans answer to liver, which you, we have amazing pâtés in this book too, by the way, for those liver eaters, which is a superfood. It's a, it's a, it's in our dynamic dozen for the younger you, but so, so are shiitake mushrooms, enoki, maitake, you know, many other mushrooms could have made our dynamic dozen, dozen but we limited it to shiitake so that it wasn't the dynamic mushroom. Dozen. I love that. <laughs> you just want to make sure you give even credit, you know, and, and, and I do too. And uh, there's so many benefits. So 
it might it might look simple but there's benefits coming from secondary metabolites and there's benefits coming from that the fiber the beta glucan so um and you can make this broth with with shiitake and if you do you'll you'll get that nice regular dose of ergothionine which is protective against heart disease and cognitive decline and it works on lowering levels of homocysteine so it's mm -hmm. it's supporting that global um uh, methylation and as well as DNA methylation, um, which you could say loads about, um, and it has anti-tumor activity. And, you know, while we're, while we're here, one study, another study that I thought was particularly compelling found that men who ate mushrooms three or more times a week lowered their prostate cancer risk by nearly 20%. Mm. And this was regardless of what else they ate. So, um, so, and, you know, and that's, that's not all. And I feel like a game show host explaining your prizes, but, but that's not all, you know, if, um, if you, if you use shiitake, it can, it can support, it can help decrease unhealthy cholesterol. Um, there's a substance called iridine, and I always wonder if I'm saying that right. And it works by shuttling extra cholesterol from our bloodstream by stimulating um, tissue uptake. So, um, you know, and there are other unique benefits for insulin resistance and PCOS. If you use some maitake, um, just to give some equal credit and, um, and benefits for memory and cognition, if you use lion's mane and lots of benefits, even just from that simple white cremini, you know, mushroom button, uh, button mushroom. So, um, okay. <laughs> so you can tell we're enthusiastic about, about bras. And uh, I hope that uh, folks will try them out. Um, Tell a little, just talk a little bit about how we can layer these into other dietary patterns. So, the, so this okay. is this is each each recipe is um, not only are the health benefits and the and the younger you epinutrients um, spotlighted, but how they can use it uh, or uh, what dietary, uh, how to actually how to structure it so that it can fit into your dietary pattern and what dietary patterns we have at baseline. So just speak about sure, that. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so, and then with that kind of getting back to what this better broad system is. So what we do is we share with people how to make one or two of these broths for use in dishes all week. So you get these micro exposures, this enormous range of nutrients and benefits, um, and younger you foods all, all week. Um, so, you know, let's say if you're a man living with a family history of prostate cancer, you, you might be interested in using our mushroom broth a lot as you cook your foods, uh, or using it with our mixed mushroom side dish, um, which just takes a few minutes to make. So, um, so it starts with a broth and then we use the broth as a base ingredient for almost all uh, of our recipes. Uh, and then the recipes themselves are purposefully designed and layering in nutrients that work together to produce uh, a certain health effect or, or, or a certain result. So, uh, so everything was created very, very purposefully. And I'll say that we're doing foam, but vegetable broth uh, for two reasons, getting to that point you're making about this is really for everybody. Uh, so we wanted the recipes to be accessible to, yeah, to all kinds of eaters. So vegetarian and vegan. So most of our recipes are that are suitable if you're using our vegetable broths and 
thinking about, we want people to use a variety of broths so that they're not just consuming, even though we love it, bone broth over and over um, to help balance, you know, the acidity of meat with these more alkaline properties of, of vegetables and, and also herbs and spices. So, uh, so the body doesn't have to use its mineral reserves in, in bones, for instance. So, um, so you start with broth and then you can add in an optional boost of flavor and nutrition. And so these are combinations. We wanted to make the broths simple, simple, doable, and with a very broad flavor profile. So you can use them in just tons and tons of, of, of recipes. And if you so choose, you can add in an optimal boost and that's gonna provide uh, you know, additional flavor profile and, um, and, and nutrition. And, we went back and forth on this concept, you know, on do we make the front part of the book a collection of like 10 different broads and it just seemed overwhelming. So we landed on this way of designing boosts um, uh, of spices and herbs and other nutrients and mushrooms so that, um, so that people can kind of tailor and kind of customize. Uh, so that's, that's really the, the point uh, of the boosts. And this sort of whole mix and match uh, system that we have. So like one boost that, that I love is our mushroom, rosemary, and garlic boost. And it's really a younger you longevity boost. It's got mushrooms and garlic and ginger and turmeric and what else? It's got pepper um, and some optional kombu seaweed and the all-important rosemary. And um and if you use bone broth, there'll be some fat in there, which can help uh, with the with the absorption and the utilization of, of some of these polyphenols in there. So what you get, if you stream that through your soups and your stir fries and your risotto and um, you know, your your mains and even your your herbal infusions or um, or your poached salmon, um, you, you get the benefit of all of these younger you epinutrients and all of their health benefits in basically every, you know, every meal you eat. So I just also appreciate you layering all that out, um, in, in younger you, in your book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would argue that really all of these are longevity promoting. I mean, it would be mm -hmm. interesting to, mm -hmm. it would be kind of fun to you know, look at biological age at baseline and then after somebody who's really you know really used the this system for a while and test a follow-up bio age uh oh i hear i hear a study coming on <laughs> um and you know i just while we're on this point of that you can make all these you can stream the rods through and you can combine all of these different foods with the different broads and with the boosts and we really do make it simple and we kind of lay out how it gets done. Uh, but we have this really fun table that lets you know which broths and boosts taste best and with which recipes, um, which was no small feat because this meant testing over 900 broth and recipe combinations. <laughs> um, and Huge. I, you know, I, I kind of want to give a shout out here to yeah to Gretchen De Palma, who was just a key partner with us on Better Broads from beginning to end, who uh, really helped with the management uh, of, of a good amount of this testing and um, just so appreciate her support and her contribution. 
And um, I also need to thank uh, my husband, Lee, who ate endless versions of these recipes <laughs> with me for a year. Yeah. Um, and it was also just so fun to, uh, to help with, you know, actually creating it and cooking uh, and cooking this stuff. You know, everybody remembers this fondly. I know you're not with us in the clinic anymore, but we were just, just talking about, you know, the, the whole journey of doing all of the tasting of those 900 combinations. And it's just people really remember it fondly. Yeah. So I want to say also, just going back to the different dietary patterns, every yes, yes. all the broths are tagged, you yeah. know, uh, according to, you know, whether they're gluten-free, whether they're vegan, whether they're vegetarian, if they're, if they work in the autoimmune pill. Uh, paleo plan or if they're paleo, if they're keto, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's a whole, and, and, uh, and younger you, um, that's actually a feature tag in, in many of the recipes. Are they dairy free, et cetera? So, oh, and FODMAP. So we've got FODMAP, low FODMAP uh, tag as well. Um, so again, yeah, yeah. if you're doing, if you're eating a, if you, if you're on a therapeutic dietary plan, you can hundred percent use this book. You can use this, you can bring this book to your nutritionist or your physician. Um, this can absolutely be a part of um, your eating program as you're healing, as you're on your healing journey. In fact, you know, that's how we use it in our clinic practice. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. The, the, we've tagged everything really carefully. And then we've also put in variations for folks. So if they are avoiding FODMAPs and the recipe has each as often as we can convert or, you know, yeah. or make a recipe modifiable. We've done that thinking for you and, and laid it out uh, because we really, really wanted these recipes to be, to be accessible for everyone. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I remember when I was on my own healing journey and I had stacks and stacks of cookbooks based on whatever uh, therapeutic diet I was on at the time. And it was just really challenging. Uh, you know, each time I needed to incorporate something else in terms of um, a therapeutic diet I, or a specific dietary strategy, I needed to figure out what I was going to cook. And so this was sort of my answer to that, I kind of, you know, we wanted to put out something that would be able to walk the journey with people. Uh, so everything is dairy and gluten-free. So you, know, you can expect that of every recipe. And then the vast majority just are going to be appropriate for an AIP protocol or ketogenic or paleo or low FODMAP or, um, you know, wh whatever folks are doing. Yeah. And, and again, younger you, these are all younger you approved. Well, yeah. Jill, listen, it was awesome to get to have this conversation mm -hmm. with you. Um, Congratulations. I'm so excited about this absolutely exquisite book. Um, and I just look forward to its launch. People who are listening, if you pre-order the book and we'll have some, uh, we'll give a shout out on the show notes page as well. There are gifts that will be coming your way for supporting us in this. Uh, so you can head over to wherever books are sold. You can go, you can pre-order online at, you know, wherever you buy your books. Of course, Amazon has it, Barnes and Noble, et cetera, Target, wherever you might go and, and pre-order it, just hang on to your receipt um, and you can submit your receipt to us and we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll send some, um, some, some recipes. We'll give you some cool information uh, exclusive because you are supporting us in the pre-order journey. Jill, any just final final thoughts from you on this and are you ready to dive into the into the book into the book release journey <laughs> I don't know 
I don't know, but you know, I'll tell you one thing that I'm really excited about. And I hope that folks out there who buy the book share it with someone who's not maybe in the functional medicine or functional nutrition space. I, I really hope that that can be part of the, of the spread uh, of this information and, and how we influence, you know, really, yes. I think what, what is becoming this national conversation uh, around food is medicine. There, yeah. There's this whole movement that I love that's, it's really focused on health equity and access. And a big part of this came out of what the COVID-19 pandemic revealed as these major cracks in our food system and in people's financial security, their ability to buy healthy food. And so that that really helped spur the, this whole movement on. And um, so this, this national food as medicine movement it, it's focused on things like, and folks may be familiar with this, it's focused on things like medically tailored meals and on produce prescriptions. And they're used in healthcare settings or you know, yes. food pantries or, or community health centers. And in some cases, and isn't this great, covered by Medicaid or Medicare or yes. insurance. So it's definitely an awesome movement headed in the right direction. Yes. Um, and I would just love for us to be able to, to kind of be that bridge builder between this public health effort that's hugely needed um, and the nutritional biochemistry aspects that we've just been chatting about um, around food as medicine. Because for instance, the medically tailored meals, they are designed around calories and protein and fat and cholesterol and fiber and, and a, few, um, a few vitamins and minerals. And they're being studied in terms of effectiveness and cost savings. And I would just love um, for us to be able to influence what's going on there in terms of programming and investment and policy so that we can begin to have medically tailored uh, yes. meals for hypertension that'll include the betaine and beets, you know, which yes. serve as that great methyl donor um, and, um, you know, and, and celery, which supports um, blood pressure um, as it relaxes the artery walls. And, and so really blending these two concepts so that we're all really utilizing the very, very best uh, of food uh, as medicine. That's great. This is, that's a whole nother conversation that maybe we can circle back to or a blog, mm. a blog topic, because it is true that, um, that we may get insurance we may get Medicare coverage for, for some of, for food as medicine, for some of these dietary prescriptions. It's yeah, it's just an important, uh, happening. That's, 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 uh, in the public space right now. All right, Joe, I want to just say thanks again. Uh, thanks for joining me on new frontiers. I'm really, really excited about this book. Folks, thanks for joining us also. And, you know, just stay in, in touch with us, ping us and um, let us know when you buy your pre-order, send us your receipt and we'll give you a whole bunch of goodies. Such a delight. Thank you so much for having me with you. You're welcome. As always, thank you for listening to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where our sponsors help bring the very best minds in functional medicine. And today is no exception. Not everyone can be a sponsor on my platform, and I so appreciate the good work, the relentless research, and the generous support from my friends at Biotics, TA Sciences, and Integrative Therapeutics. These are brands I know and trust in my own clinic and can confidently recommend them to you. Visit them at bioticsresearch.com, T 
tasciences.com and integrativepro.com. And please tell them you learned about them on New Frontiers. If it's not too much to ask, I would appreciate a thumbs up and a kind review wherever you're listening to New Frontiers. Thanks.